Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. We have a better covenant upon better promises, and we have a better relationship with God. We were at such a desperate place that Andrew, it was like life. It was just life that was coming from the television. And every area in our life has been turned right side up. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Wednesday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today I'm continuing a series where I'm teaching verse by verse through the book of Proverbs. We're now into Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 22. Of course, there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, so we're nearing the end of this series. And we're now in the middle of our 13th week that I've been teaching on this. We've broken it into two-week segments so that it wouldn't wear people out just going through the book of Proverbs. But I tell you, I have really been blessed by this, and I believe that this is something that the Lord inspired me to do. And I pray that this has really touched your life. You know, the book of Proverbs is just wisdom that God has communicated about everyday life. And it's amazing how so many people are desiring God's wisdom, and they are praying to God for direction and asking God to show them what to do. But they don't go to the Word of God and receive that wisdom, and it makes it hard. But the book of Proverbs is just full of practical things. And if you've been able to watch this series, you have heard, I'm sure, things that just uh, are so applicable to us today, and yet it seems like that our society as a whole is just going in an opposite direction, and it's because of the lack of influence of the Word of God. So I really believe that this series has been excellent, and I would encourage you to please get the materials that we've been offering that would complement this and go along with it so that you could study this. You know, there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. You could take a chapter a day and just go through it once a month, and I tell you, it would be powerful. It would transform your life. We're now in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 22, and this says, An angry man stirreth up strife, and a furious man aboundeth in transgression. You know, again, this is disapproval of anger. And yet in our society today, anger is embraced. Uh, it's encouraged. It's promoted. Uh, they just set limits on it and say that, you know, you need to have bounds to it. But really the scripture uh, over in the book of James, it says that the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. That is a powerful truth. Also, James chapter 3, verse 16 says, Where envy and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. Not some evil works, but every evil work. So anyway, this is not the first time that this has been dealt with in the book of Proverbs. We've already talked about this quite a bit. But you need to recognize that anger is a trap of the devil. It does not accomplish the righteousness of God and you need to overcome it. Some people are thinking, but I, I'm born this way. This is just my personality. That is a lie. That's not the truth. If you are an angry person, there are reasons, there are things that have caused that, but it is not God. I would refer you back to the teaching I did at Proverbs 13:10, where only by pride cometh contention. And I know that that's a shocker to most people, but if you've missed any of that teaching, you ought to go get it, or I've got a little booklet entitled Self-Centeredness, The Source of All Grief. It's one of my least requested teachings because of the title, I think, but it is one of the most powerful teachings that I have. 
Proverbs chapter 29, verse 23 says, A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. And again, this is something that has been dealt with many, many times in the book of Proverbs. Pride is in epidemic proportions in our society. We promote it. You know, I just watched a football game last night, and anyway, I'm not going to comment on an individual, but there uh, was this one guy in particular that just was bragging about how he was going to humiliate everybody and do all of these things. And I tell you, he was the one who was humiliated. And this goes along with Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction. Humility brings us honor, but God resists the proud. James chapter 4, verse 6, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. And it also says that people who walk in pride will not be close to the Lord. There are, that's in Proverbs, uh, Psalms chapter 138, verse 6. And there's just an abundance of scriptures teaching against pride. Pride is not really looked upon in our society the way that the Bible presents it. So which one's right? The Bible's right. If we would humble ourselves before the Lord, He would exalt us in due time. So a man's pride brings him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Verse 24 says, Whoso is partner with a thief hateth his own soul. He heareth cursing and berayeth it not. You know, this is something that has, it's a principle that applies to us in every area of our life. Basically, this is saying that, of course, a thief is wrong. And if a thief is caught, he'll be prosecuted and there is a penalty to pay for stealing. And most people recognize that. But this verse says that if you are partner with a thief, if you hear cursing, I believe this is talking about if you hear the plan and you know what's going on and yet you do not expose it, you are guilty. So this is a principle from God's Word that shows the guilt of an accomplice in something. You know, if you aren't the one that robs the bank, but if you drive the getaway car, you are guilty. And this not only applies in these things when you're breaking a physical, uh, secular uh, law, but it also applies in a lot of things. If you know that a person is doing something to another person, if you know that they're plotting against them or whatever, this shows that you have a responsibility once you realize that something wrong is being done to expose it, to stand up. And so this not only applies on an individual level, but I believe it applies in society. You know, in our society today, we have this political correctness that you can't say anything. People could be offended. And because of it, it's cowed many people into not standing up and speaking the Word of God. But according to this verse, and there's many others, that if you know that a person is persisting in sin, and you know that the wages of sin is death, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, and you know what damage this is going to do, and yet you don't say anything because you're afraid that they might criticize you or say something about you being a religious fanatic, you're guilty. You aren't taking the wisdom, the knowledge that God has given you, and you aren't speaking. Now, again, there's a right and wrong way to do this. I'm not talking about you coming across with a holier-than-thou attitude and just nitpicking and criticizing everything. We've all seen this done incorrectly. But nonetheless, the principle applies that when you know the truth and an associate that you're working with, a friend, a neighbor, somebody is persisting in a life that is doing damage and you don't say anything, you're guilty. Ezekiel chapter 33 says that. 
over in uh, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 17, it says that if you see uh, your neighbor uh, involved in sin, you shall in any wise rebuke him and not suffer sin upon him. And then the next verse says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Somehow or another, the devil has twisted this around and Christians sometimes think, well, I just love this person too much to say anything. It might offend them. No, the truth is you love yourself too much because you're afraid that they might reject you and you don't want to suffer this. If you truly love people, you will stand up and you will expose sin. Now again, right and wrong way to do it, but the principle exists. Not only is a thief wrong, but a person who knows what a thief is doing and doesn't expose it, you are guilty. I tell you, the book of Proverbs is relative to us today. In verse 25, it says, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. And you know, this goes right along with the previous thing. The reason that people don't expose sin, the reason they don't stand up and speak and, uh, you know, stand for the right and proclaim a godly standard when they see ungodliness happening is because the truth is they're afraid of people. They're afraid of what people have to say. And any person who is afraid of people's criticism and of people's reaction to them is not a free person. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And free from what? Well, you know, you could say free from sickness and free from poverty and free from oppression, but also free from the fear of man. It says right here that the fear of man bringeth a snare. A snare is a trap. It's a word picture for an animal. That you know what? If, if an animal could think and reason properly, and if they saw a trap, man, you ought to avoid that thing because the only purpose of a trap is to trap you, to catch you, to take away your freedom, possibly to kill you. You need to recognize that fear of people, fear of what people have to say is a trap of the devil. Satan is trying to destroy you. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 15, it says that Jesus came to deliver us who through fear of death were all our lifetimes subject to bondage. And you know, fear brings bondage. Fear of what people have to say is not a free life. You know, this is illustrated to me in the life of Paul because Paul said in Philippians chapter 1 that for him to live was Christ and to die was gain. And he wasn't afraid of death because he was longing to go be with Christ. He said, I even have a desire to go be with him. And the only reason I'm staying in this flesh is because it's needful for you so that I can minister to people. But how do you intimidate a person who's already lost the fear of death? You can say, quit preaching or I'm going to kill you. And I mean, Paul would just want to reach up and kiss you because, man, that was, that was awesome. You can't intimidate a person like that. So they'd throw him in prison and he'd just get the whole prison born again. And then they'd release him and he'd go out and preach. And he didn't care what people had to say. Now he cared about people and he cared. He wanted to represent the Lord properly and reach people, but he was not in it for himself. And when people threatened him, he would go ahead and do whatever God said. If you are afraid, if, you, if God has given you direction and you're afraid of people's reaction, then you know what? You cannot really be operating in faith. This is out of John chapter 5 and verse 44. It says, How can you believe which receive honor one from another and seek not the honor that comes from God alone? I'm telling you, people are paralyzed by the criticism of other people. 
You know, just recently, this week, we had the local newspaper in Woodland Park come out and criticize Caris uh, Bible College and just say all kinds of things that are lies and wrong. And we've got a web page that people have been criticizing us and saying things and stuff. And you know what? I don't like it. I don't like, I mean, anybody who likes criticism and rejection, I think something's wrong with you because God made us for fellowship. There is something inside of every person that would like people to like us. So I don't like it when people lie about us and say things, but I've also come to realize that, you know what, it is not personal. It's not really people coming against me. Most of the people who criticize me have never even met me. They just, you know, have a chip on their shoulder. There's a lot of people that are against us because the truth is they're against God. It's light versus darkness and stuff. And I have had to operate in just a freedom from the, you know, care about what people have to say about me. If criticism would kill you, I'd be dead. And this is a powerful truth right here. And I'm relating this because I know that this is something that affects many, many people. There are some of you that God has spoken things to you and you're afraid of what your spouse is going to say. You're afraid of what your children are going to say or your parents are going to say. Or you're afraid of what, you know, your friends will say and things like this. Most people are not leaders that will just get out, hear from God, and go in that direction. They have to follow somebody. They have to be a part of a crowd. There's this herd mentality, a desire to be accepted, and I'm telling you, it will kill faith. It will keep you from walking with God. The vast majority of people are not obeying God. They are not following the leadership of God. And if you're afraid of people and you've got to just be a part of the crowd and you've got to constantly be accepted, if you are codependent upon people instead of dependent upon God, it's a snare and Satan is going to trap you. But on the contrast, if you will put your trust in the Lord, you'll be safe. What a great way to live to where... It just doesn't really matter what people say about you. It's what God says. If you in your heart know that you're doing what God has told you to do, you do not have to be validated and confirmed by other people. God's approval and God's acceptance is enough. That's a great way to live. In verse 26, it says, Many seek the ruler's favor, but every man's judgment cometh from the Lord. This is talking about like in a civil case or something. You go before a judge, you know, people are wanting to have everything ruled in their favor. But the truth is God might use the legal system. He might use a judge, but your defense really is of the Lord. And you've got to keep this straight. You can't ever get to where you just look to men and look for them to always be helping you. Your trust needs to be in the Lord. And when you're in the Lord, you will be safe. God will protect you and take care of you. In verse 27, it says, An unjust man is an abomination to the just. And he that is upright in the way is abomination to the wicked. This is just saying that the unjust people are hated by the just, not hated personally, but they hate that injustice. And the upright in the way is an abomination to the wicked. This is just saying that evil hates good and good hates evil. And, you know, I really believe, again, this is one of these proverbs that is so applicable to us today. 
people break society into the liberal versus the conservative and the Republicans versus the Democrats, and they do all of these things. But the truth is, it's just good versus evil. You know, again, this instance we've had in Woodland Park where people are criticizing us, they nitpick over the smallest things, and they misrepresent this. But, you know, as I've thought about this, the Lord just shows me that if you peel back the layers, they may be criticizing this and this and this, but the bottom line is it's people that are living an evil, immoral life. They do not like anybody who represents God because that is light. Jesus said that the dark hates the light and doesn't come to the light because it's afraid that its deeds will be reproved. And so people are nitpicking over this and this, but the bottom line is it's just the unjust are an abomination to the just, and he that is upright in the way is an abomination to the wicked. The wicked just hate those who represent God. And, you know, the day after I read some of these things, I was driving in to school to teach in the school, and I was playing the scriptures in my car, and it came up where Jesus said that if they've called the master of the house Beelzebub, in other words, the devil, then what are they going to call you? And, you know, as I was listening to this, the Lord just spoke to me. He says, don't take it personal. It's not people against you. The people, most of the people who criticize me have never even met me. It's just they, it's evil hates light. Darkness hates light. And so you need to recognize this. When people come out against you and don't take it personally, just recognize it's just like this says that the unjust are an abomination to the just and the upright is an abomination to the wicked. In Proverbs chapter 30, verse 1, it says, The words of Agur, the son of Jacob, even the prophecy, the man spake unto Ithiel, even unto Ithiel and Eucal. Now, you know, these names, I've read some commentaries, and, and people don't know for sure who this is. Some commentaries believe that this is actually just another name for Solomon and that he's uh, somehow or another using this because the name Agur, it literally means uh, gathered, that is, received among the sages. And so some people believe that this is a symbolic name of just wisdom that was gathered, whether it was Solomon or whether it was somebody else. And then the next two verses kind of imply that this may have been somebody besides Solomon because in verse 2, uh, Agur says, Surely I am more brutish than any man and have not the understanding of a man. Verse 3, I neither learned wisdom nor have the knowledge of the holy. So some people have interpreted this as Agur as being a person who wasn't claiming that this was his wisdom, that these were things he received directly from God, but rather it's just wise sayings that he collected from men of the day who were known and renowned for being wise people. So we don't know if that's the case or if this Agur was actually a person, and he's just here saying that this is not personal wisdom. He's not claiming that this came, originated with him, but he's claiming divine inspiration. So regardless of who this person was or whether it's a symbolic name or whatever, the truths that he's speaking here are wisdom. They're recorded in Scripture, and we can benefit from them today. In verse 4, it says, Who hath ascended up into heaven or descended? Who hath gathered the wind in his fist? Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and what is his son's name, if thou canst tell? And, you know, again, because of those first three verses and people aren't sure who Agur is, and they question, is this really 
uh, Solomon? Is it somebody else? Are these things that really are inspired by God? I believe this fourth verse settles that because this is basically the exact same thing that Moses said in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 12, and it's nearly verbatim what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. So the fact that this was quoted in the New Testament, I believe, adds authority to this and shows that, yes, this is supposed to be included in Scripture. And it's basically just talking about who's like the Lord. What person has ever ascended into heaven? Who has ever gathered the wind in his fist and the waters in his garment? Of course, the answer to all of this is that the only person who has ever ascended into heaven, or as it's quoted in Ephesians chapter 4, descended into hell itself is the Lord Jesus. And there is a very clear reference to this made at the end of this verse, which says, what is his name and what is his son's name? In other words, this is talking about God and the Son of God. You know, you put this together with Psalms chapter 2, verses 7 through 12. These are two of the clearest references in the Old Testament scriptures about the Son of God, who we now know to be Jesus, the Messiah. And these scriptures very make it very clear that there is only one God and yet he was manifest in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So this is a powerful passage, a prophetic scripture here in the Old Testament. So in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5, it says, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Well, this is something that God has really spoken into my life about just the purity, the power of God's word. And notice it says he is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. I don't believe that you can truly use God as a shield to protect you from this world and all of the things, the devices that Satan has against us if you don't know the word of God. And that's the reason they're paired in this verse. If you are ignorant of the word of God, then you have dropped your shield. Over in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about the shield of faith using it to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And where does faith come from? Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You cannot truly have your shield of faith working without the word of God. The word of God is pure. We've got to know God's word. And again, this is one of the reasons that I've been so blessed and excited by this teaching on the book of Proverbs because it applies to us today. It's as modern and up-to-date as anything written in the newspaper. Plus, it's truth. It will set you free, and we need to know God's Word. Thanks to the friends and partners of Andrew Womack Ministries, Karis Bible College is raising up more disciples than ever before on the sanctuary property. But what if you can't make it to Colorado? Being a stay-at-home mom with three kids, it would not be possible for me to pack up and move to Colorado. I knew God wanted me to go to Bible college. I made up my mind and said to God, I said, I know I'm going, whether it's Colorado or wherever. Is there an option for you? With over 70 campus locations around the world, there is a place for you to begin your journey. If that seed's there and you've got something close to you like we do here, You've got to go for it. More than likely, God's already speaking to you about going to Karis Bible College. You just need to make the step. You will never, ever regret going to an extension school. It will change your life forever. Join the Karis community of like-minded believers by discovering a campus location near you at karisbiblecollege.org.
I'd like to invite you to come to our campus days. We'll have all of our instructors ministering. We will have fellowship time together. There'll be questions and answers. And it's an opportunity for you to just come check out not only the spiritual things, but the facilities here. We have one of the most beautiful campuses in the world. If you can't relate to God and find God through the surroundings, then the Word that we share will definitely bring you to another level. It'll be an awesome time right here in Woodland Park. Thank you for joining us on today's broadcast of The Gospel Truth, and a very heartfelt thank you to all who sow into Andrew Womack Ministries. Your generosity supports the sharing of God's unconditional love and grace to His kids all over the globe. Because of you, people are getting free resources and their lives are being changed. You really are making a difference. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. We trust you're growing in wisdom as you study along with Andrew through the book of Proverbs. You can get the entire series that covers all 31 chapters of Proverbs in a CD or DVD album for a gift of any amount when you contact us. If you'd like to enhance your study, make sure to get a copy of Andrew's brand new hardcover book on Proverbs that includes all of his personal study notes and commentary on hundreds of verses. This book is available for a gift of any amount. Or if you prefer, you can get this book in the Proverbs gift set, which also includes a leather-bound journal as well as a pen so you can chronicle your journey as you study through Proverbs with Andrew. I am really excited to share with you something that we've never done before. This is an 800-page book that I've put out studying verse by verse through the book of Proverbs. And this is a whole set that goes along with it. We've got this little uh, cover right here that says Proverbs, Timeless Teaching for a Life of Blessing. And then we've got this little notepad that goes with it. All of this was engraved by my son that was raised from the dead. This Proverbs gift set is a limited time offer and is a great idea for friends or family. Order it today for only $65 while supplies last. If you'd like to receive all of Andrew's available resources on Proverbs, make sure to order the Proverbs package. This package has a catalog value of $235, but you can get it for just $199. Contact us to order the Proverbs package today. The 16th audio teaching in today's series is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give, but if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide this 16th CD free of charge. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download many free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Our helpline number is 719-635-1111. If the lines are busy, remember you can order ministry materials or become a Grace Partner 24 hours a day, seven days a week at awmi.net. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. Ministry is about you coming to the end of yourself, your resources, 
but never losing that heart for people. Just the depth of the teaching that has been presented at the Army conferences, that's a whole nother level. I think we are in the midst of one of the greatest things that God has done. Things are coming down and new things are being birthed. There's new joy, there's new life that is flowing out of them. And we're not going to quit, and we're not going to give up, and we're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You are not alone. It's not just you and Jesus. We believe in you, and we're going to stand with you. You came here with some kind of a vision. Now what do you see?